Welcome to the Success Road Podcast. This is the podcast where we meet at the intersection of your life, and then we take decisive action to move onward toward higher levels of success in our life. My name is Joshua Rivers from PodcastGuyMedia.com, and I'm taking you on this journey today. And several times throughout the course of this podcast, there is a book and a principle that has come up many times over. And it is definitely, I would say, in the top 10 books and uh, resources that I would refer to. And that is The One Thing. We're going to dig into this a little bit more here in just a second. We have our special guest with us today, Russell Nolte. And I am very excited to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So bringing you on, you're an author, but the thing that I want to talk with you about, though, is some of these things relating to productivity. So as we get started with this conversation, can you fill in the gaps a little bit more specifically of what you do? And then we can transition into talking about the one thing. Sure. So Admittedly, it's kind of weird that a U.S. Today bestselling author is here talking about productivity, especially because I I didn't write a book about productivity. Like I, uh, I'm not in what someone would traditionally consider a highly productive field. But for the past several years, people have just asked me like how I am so productive, how I can like write four to six, sometimes eight, one time eighteen books in a year, how I can run three companies, run a publishing company plus a, a marketing company slash training academy, and then I own a Verizon dealership as well. How I just like get so much done in so few hours in a day. And so this year, I sort of I recorded a course for listenable. I started talking about productivity. I started really like breaking down the core principles of sort of how I am so productive and put it into a format that I think is understandable and uh, and, and 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 replicable. So I pull things like the one thing um, plus things from my old sales uh, sales experience, just kind of everything that I've learned and put it into a blender to sort of how it works for me and how I've seen it work for other people. So if we are going to have like a conversation about specifically what Gary Keller and his team put on in the one thing, I think I might fail that test, but I can certainly tell you how I've taken the core principles of the one thing and move them into uh, how I am able to be so productive. We have talked about the one thing several times throughout the course of this podcast, but can you just for just a quick overview? So what is the main premise or premises behind the one thing? The one thing posits that there is sort of one action or one thing that you can do that once you have completed it, it will move you to the next level of your career or your relationship or your life. So I prefer to think of the one thing as the big domino, which is another thing that they talk about in that book and in the principle, which is there's a massive boulder or domino that you have to push down. And let's call it a 10 foot domino just for like sort of visualization sake. Um, but in order to, you can't push that domino down on your own. But what happens is if you've ever seen sort of somebody push a 10 foot domino down with a one inch domino, it's sort of, there's a one inch domino, a two inch domino, and it sort of goes up and up and up and up and up until you get to the five foot domino that pushes over the 10 foot domino. And so there's all these things behind that one action that require to go right before you can push that one boulder over or that one domino over. So it's sort of the one accomplishment that everything else is driving toward. And the subtitle of the book is A Surprisingly Simple Truth. Something like The Simple Truth That Will Push You to the Next Level or something like that. I forget the exact title of it, but it's the idea that most people 
are so scattered that they're not pushing on anything. They're very busy, but they're not very productive. And it's because they don't have this focal point that they can move towards. And that is what I found in my own writing, that I found in my own consulting, in my own sort of teaching, and just talking with people is they're very busy, but they're doing things that have no bearing on actually like moving forward on the thing that they want to do. So for years, I wanted to be a USA Today bestselling author, not so much for the the acclaim, but just for like I wanted it behind my name so that I could book things easier. I could like I just would have that piece of authority forever for the rest of my life. And I wouldn't have to sort of justify myself. I can just say I'm a USA Today bestselling author. So it took about two years of pushing also sorts of different boulders of joining with people and and like working together and to push that boulder over. And we finally pushed that domino down in 2018. And it was awesome because from that point on, I was a USA Today bestselling author. I no longer had to justify myself as an author or as a thought leader, or as a creative. And it's been so helpful. What was helpful, you know, I was moving into a singular direction that all pointed at one thing. And it kind of showed me just how important it was to have that focusing agent. I like to think of it like a balloon. If you push your finger down on like gently on many different places on a balloon, like what's going to happen? It's going to expand, but it's not going to pop. But if you push your one finger down with the same intensity as you pushed all fingers down together and you just push it down with the same level of intensity uh, and push and move all the intensity into one place, you're going to pop that balloon and you're going to be able to break through. It's because all of your energy is focused on one outcome. Yeah. How do we work on being able to figure that out? How do we figure out what that one thing is or how do you do that? The nice thing about the one thing is usually when you push over one domino, a big other domino appears. So if you push over that 10-foot domino, there's going to be a 50-foot domino in the next piece. So what's important is to sort of know the end goal. Okay, so you want to be married or you want to be fit. You want to start a seven-figure business. Okay, so like let's make that the ultimate big domino. Then it's about finding the littler dominoes to the next tier. Okay, so you want to be married? Well, like you're going to have to get engaged first. You're going to have to like go on a bunch of dates first. You're going to have to like meet a lot of people, be in a of dating, whatever the thing is, there are all sorts of strata of dominoes behind it that have to fall. And for me, it's about visualizing every piece of that that falls under what my big goal is. I mean, I think you can have a big personal goal and a big professional goal at the same time, but most of us are pretty good at knowing that we're struggling and what we're struggling with, I think. I don't know. Do you find that or do you find it's hard to know like sort of what you're struggling with? Yeah, generally, I would agree with that. We know what it is, but sometimes I would say that we're struggling with so many different things that we never slow down long enough to be able to evaluate the situation to see how we can alleviate that other than like right blowing up at something or whatever or just saying you I quit. <laughs> no you made a, you made a really good point about not having enough not being able to stop honestly like this was a problem for me when i first started my business and i started taking the entire month of december off that i so i could just think about what was going wrong and what was going right and now that felt feels like a luxury but the truth is my entire industry shuts down in december basically so every industry i've ever worked for kind of shuts down in december so it's started as like a necessity I had to uh, shut down. And then I just sort of realized the efficacy of it. So oftentimes you do have to stop. 
and say, what is the goal? Like, what is the goal here? Is it to lose weight? Is it to, you know, start my own company? Is it to have a better relationship with my family? What is the end goal that I'm going for? And often the first step there is to stop, like take a weekend, take a couple of days off at your job. Like the most important thing for us is space, space to be able to do deep work and deep thinking and to be able to understand why we're doing this. And people tell me that this is a luxury then a lot of times like there's a luxury. I can't take two days off or I can't take a week off to do this. And I'm like, well, you're wasting months of your year doing these things that are not effective or that like are giving you minimal gain. So like if I could say for the rest of the next 10 years, Joshua, I'm able to save you two months every year for the rest of your life. And all you have to do is spend a week or a day really deep in focus. Would you do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like a yeah. complete no brainer. If I knew, and I do know factually that like almost everybody is wasting months of their life, months of their year, days of their week, months of their year and years of their life doing things that like are not moving them towards their goals, the goals that they want. So I am very stern with people when I talk to them and I'm like, well, if you want to waste months of the next year, if you want to waste a week in of the next month, like just doing things that don't drive you forward, then like you can do that. But like you clearly are frustrated with something. That's why you've come to me. That's why you've read these books. That's why you're at a place. So you need to, to make a decision. Do you want to save two months of the next year or do you want to keep going in the status quo? And I don't know, like most people say, I want to change. I want to make a change. And the biggest thing they can do to change is to sit down and really, even if it's just on nights, even if they decide not to take time off or like not to take a day off or like not to hire a babysitter or whatever the thing they have to do. And they just do it on like a night, for two hours, and they just list literally everything that they do in a day or everything they do in a week. And oftentimes what people have to do is they have to go back to work or they have to work and they just list everything that they're doing in a day. And then they have to rank it one to five, whether it's important or not, both whether it's important and then whether it is a thing that is driving them forward. So like it might be a five in importance, but a one in driving them forward, or it might be a a one of importance and a five in driving them forward in their job. I mean, but having this sort of grid that you can just look at and say, wow, look at all these things that I'm doing, which really aren't important and are taking up a lot of time, allows you to cut a whole bunch of stuff out almost immediately. And you can do that like starting today. You don't have to take time off. You can just starting today for the next seven days, make it a point to track everything that you do and then list its importance in one to five for the job you have now or the thing you're doing now and one to five on how much you think that it's driving you forward. And you are going to be shocked, shocked at how much stuff you do that is unimportant and not helping you move your career forward or your your goal forward. You have to know that the problem, the reason why I say take a day off, though, is most people don't know what the end goal is. And so it's important to have some time to ruminate on what the actual goal is before you do this seven day or five day or three day or two week challenge to like really 
catalog everything that you're doing. If you don't know what the goal is, you don't know how important it's going. each task is going to be to moving you towards that goal. Yeah, definitely. And so it's definitely good to be able to take those times, and I would say even periodically, to be able to evaluate because our life changes, situations change, or we just kind of digress, getting like back into quote unquote normal. But I know another thing that's good too, and I've heard this through the one thing as well, is this idea of time blocking. So reserving certain times to be able to take care of the tasks that are more important or most important. Time blocking is such a critical part of my life. So time blocking is the idea of that every time is either green time, yellow time, or red time. Green time is things that are moving you towards your goal, or I'm going to talk about it as a job because uh, that's usually who I'm talking to or creatives or people that like are in the job space. So the green time is when you're making money. So for me, that's when I'm writing or when I'm launching a product. Uh, they are they are they are green time activities. They are things that like directly relate to money coming into my bank account. Um, then yellow time are things that indirectly relate to things that are going into my bank account. So, for instance, uh, doing customer service or doing shipping or doing payroll or, you know, there's dozens of things that like are not directly related to making me money, but they are very indirectly related to getting me, making me money. Like if I don't do payroll, my contractors don't get paid and then they stop working for me. And then there's red time. There's things that have no bearing on me making money. Things like eating lunch or like going to pick up your kids from school or going to a doctor's appointment. All of these things have no bearing at all to me making money, but they're still essential. They are essential to me being able to like live a life. Like I've got to eat lunch. I've got to eat breakfast. I've got to like go hang out with my wife. I've got to like go walk my dog. All these things are important activities, but they do not relate. They're uncorrelated with making money. And then being able to put on a schedule when your green time, yellow time and red time is. So for instance, you always know you've got to pick up your kid at four o'clock from the babysitters. Well, that four o'clock between 3.30 and 4.30, you're in red time. If every morning you wake up and for three hours you, you're handling emails or you're handling like payroll, that's going to be yellow time. And then there's always the time you're going to be most productive. So like for me, that's nine o'clock to 2 p.m. Nine o'clock to 2 p.m. every day. I'm trying as hard as I can to be productive and to write more words or to launch products better or to do something related to actually making money. So by being able to block that out, I can know from nine to two, I'm not taking any calls that are like not critical to this future success of the company or the current success of the company. Now, here's the thing is it's important to note that green time can inch into yellow and red time. Uh, yellow time can inch into red time. Red time cannot inch into anything else. I can have more green time than five hours in a day, but I never want less than those five hours of green time in a day. And being able to just see it clearly on a chart allows us to do deep work. I think it's Cal Newport's book, Deep, deep Work. I mean, it's the book Deep Work. I just flew out of my head who actually wrote it. I'm pretty sure it's yeah, Cal that's Newport. Correct. He says that in order to do the best work, you need hours to do it, to, to do your work of uninterrupted time. So one of the things that is the most pernicious when it comes to productivity is this idea switching. So we're doing red time, green time, yellow time, three tasks, all these things at the same time. And every time we do that, there's an opportunity cost up to 50 percent 
of our mental energy is spent just doing this idea switching. So we need to make sure that like we are precious of this time that we have and that we're doing the things that we need to in the times we need to do them, because that is how we're going to get more productive over time. And being very, very, very conscious of the fact that between X and Y time, that is my zone of genius time. That is when I'm doing the work that I'm meant to do. That is when I'm going to be moving the big boulder of my big audacious one thing goal up that hill. And if I can do that just five hours a day, four hours a day, three hours a day over the course of a year, every day with without fail, it's going to like seriously increase my productivity and seriously increase my ability to get to that goal quicker. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about deep work a little bit on this podcast as well. They, they all work together. You need all of it working together to create this ideal situation, which I mean, obviously, we're not going to usually operate inside those ideal situations, but strive for it and try to set up our environment and systems in a way to allow for that. Yeah. So I don't have any kids, but I do have two dogs and they are very, very needy between <laughs> about six and eight a.m. and five to seven p.m. That is their peak annoyance time. And so <laughs> I know that the chances that I'm going to have a problem between those times is very high. So I probably should not schedule my green time for then. So a lot of it is being aware of like when you can do deep work and what your life is. I know that like children and dogs and like things pop up, but usually, you know, things work on a rhythm. Most people that I know who have kids are like, well, well, you know, they get a little persnickety around 11 a.m. and then like at two, they've got to like go down for a nap. And like, usually they can watch TV from like 11 to one. And like, I'm not saying that every day is like that, but there are rhythms that sort of come with doing anything. Right. And it's important for us to know like what the rhythm of the life is. So you can then block the time that you can outside of that. And part of being unproductive is that we are fighting against the rhythms of our own life. And like, there are just times that I'm not productive. Like I'm not productive at night. I'm not productive at all at night. I'm very productive during the morning and like early afternoon. There are other people that are very productive at night, but like they'll waste 10 hours in the middle of the day trying to be productive when they know that like really between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. they are the most productive uh, to be able to work for this goal. Or, you know, a lot of people are like, I really want this goal, but the goal is so different from how they're living that like it's not very feasible that they are going to be able to get there. So they're also picking goals that are that are antithetical to the lifestyle that they lead. And I'm not saying like you want to lose weight, but like you really like stuffing your face at 11 a.m. Like that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying like you want to do this thing, but like your life does not allow for it. So instead of picking this huge goal, really your goal should be you know, the first goal should be, well, I've got to fix my life. I got to fix like my day so that I can do X, Y, and Z inside of it. Like I can run in the morning or I can do this and like, I've got to build this habit. So the first domino for that big goal of like losing a hundred pounds is, uh, I need to be able to wake up at five in the morning. So, okay. So like I wake up at eight in the morning now I've got to like work my way back from 8am to 5am and I've got to be able to like just change the way that uh, my circadian rhythm works or whatever that it is. Um, the beauty of the one thing and the beauty of what I'm talking about is there are all these little goals. There are all these little things that you can celebrate on your way to this big, huge goal. And like 
a lot of these little wins and all of these little wins are setting up this big win. There's this great anecdote about this night. He walks into a castle and this castle's got a hundred stairs. And at the top, there's a door that he can't open. And between him and that door, there are razor blades and there's dragons and there's monsters and there's all sorts of thing. And this knight has never fought anything before. And he's just got like this wooden shield and he's like knocking his knees together and he walks to the first step and like, you know, he defeats the bat, he defeats the thing that he has to do. And like, he picks up a better shield and like, then he picks up another sword and like, he sort of like slowly makes his way up to the door and like, he fights the dragon finally. And the dragon gives him the key to the, to the door and he finally walks up and he's like, he's now at the top and he's like, wow, Uh, he puts the door key in the door and the door just opens. He's like, wow, this was so easy. Like this door just opened for me, but he didn't open for him. What he opened for was going through the trial a hundred times so that by the time he got to the top of the, the top of the stairs, the door opened easily for him because he's not the same person at the top of the stairs that he was at the bottom of the stairs. But that takes time, effort, and energy. And the problem with the one thing or the big domino uh, or the great thing about it is, 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 is there are so many little dominoes that have to all, all the weight from like one inch dominoes to five foot dominoes and all of them have to work together to move this mountain. And as long as you're doing the things that like move that mountain forward, you are going to be more productive as, but if you're doing these things that are not moving you forward, like staying up late to like watch television is not going to help you wake up at 5 a.m. So like, you've got to like not do those things and only do the things that move you forward. I mean, uh, I know J.K. Rowling is problematic right now, uh, uh, based on, uh, but I really love like one imagery from Harry Potter above everything else. And it's the sword of Gryffindor and Mm -hmm. sword of Gryffindor only takes in that, which makes it stronger. That means that it it slices through a lot of stuff. It's been in its, 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 its battles, but like it only takes in the things that make it stronger and it lets everything else go. And I think like the, that is a perfect analogy for how to be more productive is is you have to try a lot of stuff. You have to do a lot of things, but at the end of the day, as you move from like the one inch domino to the two inch domino to the 10 inch domino to the two foot domino, you are taking in that, which makes you stronger because I like to Mm -hmm. think of it as a pyramid. And as, as you move up, there are less and less and less things that like you need to do to move the boulders. And so Every time that you move up, you get more productive because there's less things that you need to do because more of those things fall off. Yeah. And there's a lot of good things that you said in there. The first thing I wanted to point out, though, that you just kind of mentioned, it was almost like a passing thought, but I think it's really important. And and that is you were talking about the night as he was going up the stairs that when he got to the top and opened the door, he was a different person than he was at the bottom. And I think that becomes a a block for a lot of people when they're at the bottom and they're looking up at the door and they're like, there's no way I can do that. And in a sense, they're correct because for them with who they are at the moment and their, their, their current mindset and their current skills or or whatever it is, is that they don't have that capability, but they they fail to look at, at, at all the things, all the little things they can do to become the person that is able to open the door. And so I think that's a very important thing. And so just being able to, like you said, he just took it one step at a time, one obstacle at a time. And each time he was able to grow just a little bit more as a result of that. Absolutely. That's why I like the big domino is a focusing agent. There's a movie called Brittany runs a marathon. 
which I very much like. And it's about this girl who's like out of shape and like she doesn't have a great like life. <laughs> she doesn't have like a great life going on. And like she decides to run a marathon. But like, you know, she doesn't run that marathon day one. Day one was just day one wasn't even taking a step outside. Day one was like not even buying the clothes that she needed. It was just like being able to look herself in the mirror and say that she was going to do it. And then all these things that happened over time that like she, you know, she walked outside her house and then like she ran a block. And then before that, she like bought shoes and she bought all these things to be able to let her. And each of those was a step on the on the path that she had to do. And she she fell backwards sometimes and she had to like basically start from different stages again, doing the steps on top of that. But the the marathon was the focusing agent and the big dom and the, and the big domino or the one thing is the focusing agent and all of the th- and, and 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 all of the things need to move towards that goal but if you're going to run a marathon like i couldn't run a marathon right now i couldn't run a marathon in a year i would have to literally like start now and get and like improve my uh, my knee health and my shin health and all of these things before i could even start running again and uh, so that is the important thing is the 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 the, the big domino or the big uh, the the big the big uh, the one thing becomes a focusing agent. And then there are thousands of little steps that have to happen below that. And we can take pride in all of those little dominoes falling. And the bi- the the biggest problem that people have with the big domino is that it's just so audacious that like it's impossible to imagine me running running a marathon. But if you take it in its steps and be like, okay, what, like what steps would have to happen? And you just like write them on a, on a, on a chart from like least important to most important. Well, I've got to find a babysitter. Maybe I have to interview a hundred babysitters to find one. Or like, I've got to like, so getting your life right. And then like getting in shape and, you know, maybe uh, putting yourself onto a 5k and then like a 10k. And maybe I'm walking the 5k the first time. And each time you go up and up and up those stairs, you are pushing over a little domino and a little bit bigger domino. Once you can push over that five foot domino like you can always push over that five foot domino maybe not always like easily but like you now have the skill to push over that five foot domino and maybe there's three five foot dominoes that need to be pushed over to push over that 10 foot domino but like once you've learned how to be the kind of person that can push over that five foot domino, you now can get back to that place much easier because you have the set of skills that you need. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I I really love this conversation. Time is just flying because I'm really thoroughly enjoying this. And I, I hope the listener is getting a lot of this too. And as you're talking though, there's all kinds of different directions. But the, the one thing that, that comes to my mind as you were talking there um, just a little bit ago was you made a statement similar to the fact that as you progress farther, you're leaving these other things undone. So, so there's these other things that you thought were important or thought had to get done, but but you're not doing it because you're focusing on on your one thing. You're focusing on on getting getting toward that goal, but these other things aren't getting done that you originally thought weren't and that you thought were important, but they're not being done. And so so it, it's just interesting to me that the value of some of those things change as you progress forward. Absolutely. I mean, so like there are things that you do right now that have a 1% return on investment or like a time or like 
you spend an hour and you get almost nowhere in them. And like there are things that feel really important to get done now because, you know, you might make ten dollars for them or like they may be part of this job or they may be. the. But what your goal is to get rid of all of those tasks. Like we call them $5 tasks, like $5 tasks, the admin tasks, the ones that like you can easily outsource so that you can start working on $50 tasks and $50 tasks are kind of the, 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 the things that you are a technician in. And like, you know, like for me, it's writing a book, you know, I'm writing a book and like, that's my zone of genius. And some people it's like doing it or doing plumbing support. But then there's also this other level where it's like the CEO level tasks, which are like $500 tasks. So like that is the strategic partnerships or the launching or the or the initiatives that you undertake. And, you know, for every hour that you do that, like you're really moving your company forward a lot at that point, you know, like five hundred dollars an hour is 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 sort of like, OK, I'm going to launch. And like I just got in touch with Amy Porterfield and like she's going to send an email out for me. And like these are the things that are going to like move you to the next level. And it's not just for business wise, but it's also personally like there are tasks that you do that like just don't have a lot of return, like Hey, you may have friends that like just are not very good friends, but they take up a lot of your time and like you find yourself sucked down by them and not like lifted up and they don't lift you up and you kind of feels like a burden to be friends with them. And, you know, maybe you need to reevaluate those people. Maybe they're not going in the right direction. Maybe you enjoy hanging out with like your one buddy, but like. Every time you do, you get high and drunk. And then you're like for the next three days, like you just feel terrible about yourself. And, you know, maybe that's a five dollar task or a low value return task that like you you need to get rid of because you need time to now go run a marathon. And it works with business stuff, but it also works with personal stuff. And, you know, it's kind of ruthless to be like, I have to cut these people out of my life. But it's your life. Like, it's your life. And like, if you're not if you're at the place that you want to be, then like more power to you. But like if usually when people come to me, they're not at the place they want to be. And a lot of times it's because like they're spending a lot of time doing tasks that are detrimental or net neutral to the goals that they have. You know, they come home and they go to the bar until two in the morning and then like, well, how are you going to wake up at five in the morning to go for a run if you've just a had four thousand extra calories and you've only got two hours of sleep? How are you going to like move forward in your career if you if all of your time is spent like with the good time boys and like you really need to like learn C++ or like you really learn how to like be a leader and how are you going to do that if your your whole life is spent like you know drinking and cavorting and like and 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 like watching television like I don't I, I don't know how you could do that it's painful and ruthless I admit but you know you are not at the place you want to be you're not at the place you want to be. Otherwise, you would like not have all of these questions and you would not have all this sort of bitterness and seething resentment. And you wouldn't have all of these like goals that you have left unfilled. And I don't know. I want to help people get to that place that they can excitedly like do the thing and wake up and do the thing. But a lot of that is like cutting out these low value tasks. A lot of that is like, do you really need to be on 25 social media platforms? No, you probably need to be on one and have a mailing list. It's way more important that you spend time like working with the people who are going to move you forward than the people that are holding you back. It's way more important to get in with like successful authors or success people who are at the gym all the time than it is to like, like stay in the place you are. 
unless the place you are is the thing that makes you happy and you are actually happy, in which case, like more power to you. So we're having to wrap up here in just a little bit. And I'm going to have you talk a little bit about your course and some of the resources you have available at the Complete Creative. But before we get to that, though, several thoughts that I had. Well, I'm going to share several of them, but I do want to share one. And, and a lot of what you were talking about there kind of reminded me of some trying to make the decision of what is most important, what is what are the things that I have to do? And some of those things that you were talking about, like like you're talking about, okay, binge watching TV, going out and partying and different things like that. A lot of that kind of stuff, I think would be generally easy to be able to identify and realize, okay, those are lower value uh, ways of being able to spend time. But there's other things that might be more difficult to be able to make that decision. And so one thing that that comes to my mind is taking care of your lawn for, I mean, if, if there's someone that, that lives in an apartment or a condo or something like that, you don't have to worry about that. But for someone that owns a house um, or they're renting a house and they need to take care of the lawn, that's something that needs to be taken care of, especially since in many places there's laws saying that you have to keep your grass under a certain length and different things like that. There's that level of, okay, I have to take care of this. But then there's the thought of, okay, well, do does it need to be taken care of or do you have to take care of it? So there's that subtle change of thought. And for a number of years, several years, we actually hired somebody else to take care of our lawn for us. I prior to that though, I saw that as a luxury and I didn't make a luxury type of income, but it was a decision that we made because we needed to have our yard done, but I was always so strapped for time that I wouldn't be able to get to it in the time frame that I should. And when I did, I was always rushing through it, not doing a good job. And then I had the maintenance of the equipment and different things like that. And so as soon as we handed that over to somebody else, they took care of it. I could wake up on Saturday and instead of thinking, okay, I need to spend half of my Saturday taking care of my lawn, I can go out, spend some time with my family, come back and my yard is already done for me. And it was a great thing. So I was able to make the decision to do one thing and allow somebody else to take care of that other task for me that was a level of importance and a level of urgency with it as well, but it wasn't anything that I had to personally take care of. Absolutely. That's a great example. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about The Complete Creative? Sure. So The Complete Creative is my training academy, blog, and podcast that helps creators build better businesses and then uh, and make the best work of their life and share it with the world. So it's basically 10 years of my musings and thoughts about like how to build a creative business, everything from mindset to creating things better to sales and marketing free courses, paid courses, almost 200 episodes of my podcast, a little over 400 blog posts, everything from a couple hundred words all the way up to 10,000 plus words. It's sort of a repository for all of the things that I've learned and all of my musings about sort of, you know, being a complete a creative in this world. Well, excellent. I'll make sure to have a link to that in the show notes. But you can get, go to thecompletecreative.com and be able to get all that. And it looks really, really cool. And so I definitely want to look into several of those things for myself, too. 
Now, as we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to point people to anywhere else that people can find what you're up to? Sure. So I actually have a course on Listenable about productivity, how to 10x your productivity. And then if you want to see sort of my life's work and writing, then uh, RussellNolte.com has all of my work, fantasy, sci-fi, a little bit of mystery, but mostly fantasy and mostly mythological fantasy and fairy tales at RussellNolte.com. All right. Well, thank you, Russell, for taking the time today to share all of this with us and start the conversation. I I know it's just the start because there's a whole lot more stuff that we could be able to go into. I know there's a lot more that you're wanting to say, but we just don't have the time for and a lot more questions that I have and other things to explore. But we'll have to save those for another day, I suppose. So thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. You have a great day. Thank you. And for you that are listening, if you want to get the show notes, you can swipe over in your podcast app right now and be able to get the show notes there as well. And if you know anybody that could use this information for themselves personally or in a business situation, then definitely recommend this to this, pass it on. And I will look forward to talking with you in the very next episode. Thank you and God bless. Mm -hmm.